Blog Talk Radio. Dare I say, 
be a cog in the machine a little bit there. You know. But Makeda, let me turn it let me turn it over to you, man, because you know I guess. So the mic is Wait a minute, did you say I'm sorry, did you say eleven oh five? Was that the last number? Um were those the last numbers? I said, said ninety five seventy one. Okay, well I hope in someone's <laughs> mic if they'll be patient. I'm gonna they press one early in the game, so I'm gonna leave the mic open for a minute. I guess when we okay. touch on what's pertinent. But still, man, the mic is yours. Take us into okay. it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just want to I I really want to, you know, introduce this this brother. Um because he's one of my local comrades, uh, and I am, I am so like I I couldn't see when I heard the announcement of uh, him running for alderman in the twenty first ward. I could not think of a, a more powerful move than for him to lead this up because of all the work that he's been doing inside of. Uh, the 21st Ward, and, and, and on the north side of St. Louis, period, you know, as uh, the director of the Black Power Blueprint there and being just a real steadfast community leader, um, so appreciative. He's, he's a powerhouse uh, as far as this whole, as far as the movement itself is concerned, one of the, one of the most brilliant Forces that I've come across, uh, sort of our chairman. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say them in the chairman's lap. But what I will say is, you know, he is really, really deserving of this opportunity to be able to guide, you know, guide this this okay. motion, this okay. political motion in such in such a way suspense that is um, killing me. You have done the build up. Please say his name. If not, I, know, I am no, gonna no, scream. No, this is, this that is a great deal. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm 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 so elated to have again the the director of the Black Power Blueprint in St. Louis, T'Challa Masimba, who is also right running on. for Alderman of Ward 21, and about to bring Black Power under under the whole, you know, Black is back motion. Like we we about to do this thing. Tawa, to Tawa. Oh, yeah, wow. Uhuru family. Yeah. Thank Uhuru. you. I hope you got like a service like don't do all that. You doing too much. Hey, Kusha, what's going on, brother? Hey man, You're very good. I'm happy to be. On the show, I hope the uh, sound quality is good on your end. I'm having a little trouble making out some of the uh, the uh, words, but I'm just happy to be here. And uh, your audience may know, but Uhuru is a Swahili word that means freedom. And uh, I appreciate being invited to the show to discuss how it is black people can get free, what we need to do. And then I did want to make one uh, slight correction, is that I'm no longer acting as a director of the Black Power Blueprint. Um, you know, as I decided to run uh, for, for office, you know, I moved out of that role. But I'm still uh, a supporter of the work that's happening through the Black Power Blueprint, in which, uh, like you said, I was instrumental in uh, helping initiate. Okay. Good. All right. 
I can only I can only imagine it's a lot of work, you know, to be done and and to have to, you know, really focus on what you're doing. I I absolutely can see that. Um, I you know what I just kind of want to jump into it and and ask you know how is it you know have you have you have you always had political interests have you always you know had been interested in um, in politics and, and had any kind of political aspirations yeah. in being in office and can I throw something on with that question too, Makeda? Let me and I'd like to throw on with that as long as if you ever had aspirations. Why politics? Like you said, Uhuru is the Swahili word for freedom. A lot of people would say, uh, you know, brother, you were talking about freedom. Why politics, brother? Why, why the direction of uh, politics as a vehicle towards our freedom? And have you been, and with our sister Makeda said, I'm sorry for jumping in there piggybacking Makeda, but if we could get a two for one. No, that's very, uh, that's a legitimate question, and I think that's a good place to start. Because the fact is, I didn't just wake up one day and decide to run for office. But, uh, you know, when we talk polit- talk about politics and what is political, then we are, I think everybody on this call knows that everything is political, you know, and especially mm-hmm. when you are people living uh, under a social system where one group lives at the expense of another people. Uh, but, of course, I was not always conscious of that fact. Uh, but, you know, if you mean when did I begin to have aspirations to run for office, then, uh, you know, I say I still don't aspire to run for office. What I aspire to is to see black people achieve power over our, over our lives. You know, right now, uh, these specific conditions on the ground that we are looking at here in St. Louis is that we have a population uh, where 30% of the people are living off about $5 a day. Um, you know, if you live in North St. Louis, uh, eight miles what? away from uh, Clayton, for example, predominantly white suburb, then you'll die 18 years earlier. You know, we're familiar with the uh, statistics about throughout the U.S., which say, it says that uh, it will take the black community 228 years to uh, catch up with the amount of wealth that white people have today. You know, if they stop mm-hmm. working today, it's mm-hmm. going to take us 228 years to acquire the uh, wealth that they have. You know, in Boston, for example, the uh, median income is $147,000 for white people, or median net wealth, and then for black people, it is $8 uh, net wealth. I mean, that's wow. incredible. In St. Louis, you know, wow. you've got 20,000 or more vacant properties uh, that exist primarily in the black community, you know, in a city where the black, you know, black community may make up about 140,000 or so people. Uh, so, you know, you have these incredible conditions and, um, you know, had a bit, you know, developed a political consciousness as a consequence of joining organization and uh, wanting to get on the right side of the question. So uh, through joining organization, you know, organized struggle on the ground uh, and participating over, you know, several years, many years on the ground fighting uh, every day to uh, help the people transform their conditions. You know, one uh, one one result was that uh, we had to get into this arena, and I'm running. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we have these two incredible campaigns. The other campaign that we're running as a movement is Columbia, uh Herdosa Columbia. Oh Benzo, yeah, absolutely. But I'm also running. Absolutely. You know, you all met. We her. were fortunate enough to have. So you know, uh, right, right on. Go ahead. No, I was just saying we were yeah, fortunate so, enough to have the sister. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's powerful, you know. And uh, so I had to get into the political or electoral politics, you know, because we couldn't leave this mm-hmm. space open uh, to be monopolized by the people who make a living uh, by collaborating with our oppressors, our exploiters, you know, who sell us out every day uh, and who right. represent the interests of the vast majority of the people. So um, if those conditions that I just enumerated are to change, you know, uh, we have to take up space everywhere possible including the electoral right. arena. And we have to do with the electoral arena what we can do with it and uh, recognize that it does have limitations, but it is a front on which we can fight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, that, that's one of those spaces where we're, all, we're often told, you know, we take up all the space, you know, all the space mm-hmm. that we can possibly occupy. How, I, I how? can go in. Yeah, I want to add one thing if I can to this question. Uh, you know, I'm part of the Ahura movement. You know, one of the things you'll hear us say is that uh, this uh, democratic process, what we call a bourgeois democracy, um, is simply mm-hmm. a nonviolent contest for power between contending sectors of the white ruling class for control over the state apparatus for their own profit-making enjoyment. So it is a, uh, you know, it was designed, it evolved uh, to adapt to the need to continue the exploitation of the people uh, I work with in St. Louis every day. Yeah, it is a nonviolent contest for power between different sectors of the ruling class, and they uh, elicit our participation in that process so that we can legitimize their rule, you know, we can appear to give them a mandate to actually rule over us, but it's not designed uh, to bring uh, real consequential results to the black community. But uh, Indeed. we Indeed. Uh, are fighting in a different kind of way. You know, my my objective is to bring masses of people back into the political process. You know, those who have been pushed out of the political process, those who have been pushed to the edges of the economy. Uh, you know, people uh, who may have a prison record, who may not have steady employment, mm-hmm. uh, or who mm-hmm. may, you know, but don't see uh, any benefits of uh, working within the political system to bring them back into political life uh, and help them see their own interests and help them fight for their own interests to uh, push this uh, electoral process to its limits to uh, guarantee that uh, either they get results or we have to have fundamental transformation. Well, right. let me ask, right. brother, because what you're saying, I'm sorry, guys. Y'all know I'll get to talking. Let me let me let some <laughs> shock on McKay to go. With you. Okay. No, well, you, got, go. you got the mic, brother. Go ahead. Okay. Well, let me ask you, brother, because what you said, and I agree wholeheartedly with what you said about uh, ensuring at least if not the right to some of these people that have been alienated from society or from participating in society, at least that they have a way to make a list a living. That's what it's all about, man. Food, clothing, you know, shelter, bread, clothing, the whole nine. Um, but I've been using that as one of my platforms to show them the need to participate in a revolutionary process, that they're already being outlawed, they're already being marginalized, they're disenfranchised from participating in a larger part of society by, by being felons or convicted felons or whatever uh, the case may be. So do you fear that, you know, pushing this process, and I like how you said that it is a nonviolent contest for uh, power, for control, 
but do you fear that some of them, you will lose them in the reformist way of thinking into thinking, okay, you know what, forget revolutionary struggle. Maybe we can make a difference within the system if we just buckle down, ten toes down type of thing. If we just get all in it, so having our own or um, seeing this system toppled as it stands now, currently stands, is no longer the, the long-term objective. Do you fear losing the, some of the, 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 the people to that thinking, that way of thinking? Or is that a concern? Well, is, is that even a concern? Well, it is a concern uh, for our movement in general, you know, and, uh, of course, for the majority of the people who, who don't understand uh, the limitations that uh, are inherent in this process. So uh, mm-hmm. I would even be concerned about myself if I were not uh, part of organization, you know, and if I did not uh, uh, emerge from uh, within a movement with a long history of uh, very uh, clear objectives, you know, so mm-hmm. a, a movement that, that understands that precisely. So, uh, you know, you can't just rely. We have a lot of people. I mean, this is rampant. Uh, people run for office. You know, they wake up one day and decide that they're wonderful. And uh, run for office, and uh, they sell us out in a thousand different ways every day, um, and they uh, try to perfect the social system. You know, so it was what, which is what you're saying. You're trying to make uh, the social system uh, work in a way that's not intended to. So what they do is they yeah, go behind closed doors. They write legislation, uh, and then they keep the people out of the process. And uh, what we're saying is that number one. The people have to be involved in this process. They have to be brought back into this into political life. So uh, I have mm-hmm. a platform that is designed to help the people see their own interests, to put things on the agenda, reparations, black community control of the police, black community control of schools, anti-gentrification, put things on the platform, uh, uh, community control of this LRA land bank that holds 20,000, 25,000 properties uh, that have been taken from the black community and which is, uh, you know, why we see vacant and abandoned buildings all throughout North St. Louis. So to bring the people back into the in political life. And then number two is to understand what a victory is. You know, this is something that we uh, clarify and struggle with constantly, that is to understand what victory is. We want to win uh, this uh, electoral race, and I believe that I will be victorious and that we will be victorious uh, as I become alderman of War 21. But even beyond that, the bigger victory is the amount of people and the extent to which you can bring people back into political life. You can activate the consciousness and the genius of the vast majority of people, uh, black people primarily, who have been pushed out and who don't see uh, any hope and uh, participation in, political, in, in conscious political life at all. And we have wow. a great team. I just want to talk I, to I'm ready to move well. to St. Louis. You know, shit. Campaign money. Shoot, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, that's you know, I, I take I'm a one like, you know, where you brought out about, you know, being tethered to something that's, that's, that's revolutionary that requires your, you know, your accountability, you know, to the revolutionary process, not just to this whole this political thing, you know, and, and trying to perfect this system, but actually being accountable to the people through the movement that you're attached to, which is accountable to the people as well. Um, that's very important because what you say, you know, 
People just wake up one day and think they're wonderful, you know, and everything's mm-hmm. all right. Everything mm-hmm. they're doing is, mm-hmm. you know, everything they're doing, and mm-hmm. they're not accountable to anyone but themselves. And then they start working in ways that, you know, just basically just completely move right. us out, you know, and roll us over. Yeah. And we can't yeah. we can't afford yeah. that anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I sorry. think I'm I might hear a little bit of you. I think it's very. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll hold off. Uh, no, you were speaking. You were speaking, man. This delay, so you just have to bear with us, and thank you for bearing with us. It's this little delay we have thing going on, but please, uh, you you were speaking, brother. Okay. Yeah. Somebody mentioned. I think you mentioned uh, this whole question of food, clothing, and shelter, and that's a real thing. You know, uh, people don't just struggle for ideas. You know, people want concrete results. They want to know right. why their alleys, uh, why the trash don't get picked up in the alleys, why the parks are closed mm-hmm. down. You know, and so uh, you know, people don't just struggle for ideas. You know, and even when we struggle around questions of reparations and things like that, so that we can help people understand that the reason you don't get your trash picked up, the reason your schools are closing, is because uh, you have two economies with one living at the expense of the other. You know, people have to be one to that, and they have to be given the opportunity uh, to be able to see that kind of analysis, but people want concrete results. So, you know, this uh, struggle for even in electoral politics, it is a struggle to give people concrete results. You know, we want to bring concrete results to the people. That's part of the work that I was doing in the Black Power Blueprint, bringing concrete results to people, jobs, wealth, economic development. Uh, opportunity. People want to be able to stay in their houses. They want to have money to fix their houses up. They want to have an income that will allow them to live a decent life and possibly retire one day. So we are fighting for these real practical things uh, in the short term, but we're also uh, fighting for the black community to have control over our capacity to produce food, our capacity to produce shelter, our capacity to produce housing, to have independent control over that. That's why we say that we have to have black community control of the police. Anybody with a gun in our community, we have to control Man, you got, the listen, right on. Them, them, you you that's listen, I am so on that. I'm one of those brothers. I'm that brother. You dig? I'm that brother that go and and people have heard me say it before on the show that will go to the police officer sitting in the neighborhood. I had one sitting uh diagonal <laughs> from my house. And I went and and, and, and and tapped, and I had to ask him, you know. And so we had the whole little conference. I asked, I, was there a problem? You know, it's like, no, it's, I don't think. I said, you know, because I see a police officer sitting in the neighborhood, so and I live here. So should I be alarmed? And secondly, you know, I'm just letting you know that there's a man with a gun sitting in my in a car, sitting in my neighborhood. He's like, where? I was right here. I don't care. If I was sitting in your neighborhood with a pistol in my lap, you would be deathly concerned. So you should know these police officers working these beats in your neighborhood, know the police chiefs. I am a big advocate of that. I'm glad to hear that. Here's what I'd like to ask, though, because you you said something that was interesting. You said uh, you're no longer the national director or the director of uh, the Black Power Blueprint because you're doing this. So I'm I'm assuming that these are almost working conjunction, that since you've moved to this, that that spot has been filled by someone that is qualified and this works in conjunction to further the plan. So on that assumption, I'd like to know a little bit, what is the Black Power Blueprint? And 
to the people of St. Louis, what is your platform? I heard you talk a little bit about uh, about uh, reparations, about gentrification and things like that. But what is your platform? What do you have in store for the uh, uh, 21st Ward, for the Wardies in St. Louis? Yeah, that's a, that is a perfect uh, combination of questions, you know. The uh, Black Power Blueprint is in good hands. You know, uh, it didn't rely on my own individual genius, and uh, I didn't create it by myself. You know, uh, it has an incredible uh, president, uh, Ona Zanaya Chatella, and, uh, you know, just incredible people on the ground every day making that work happen. And uh, that was the, you know, people people want to know what is your, if they are serious about the community, they want to know what is your track record. So uh, some of the things that I did uh, in the Black Power Blueprint and which are continuing uh, was the renovation of a 9,000-square-foot building right in the heart of, you know, the most oppressed sector of the black community in North St. Louis. So we renovated right. that. It is a beautiful uh, banquet hall, and Makeda will tell you it was a vacant, abandoned building that people were living out of when we first got there. Uh, we have offices on the second and third floor, uh, incredible political and community events there. And out, uh, we demolished two buildings right across the street uh, and built a whole outdoor event space, including a stage and uh, garden and uh, a place where people can come and bend and we can have outdoor markets. So just an incredible program, you know, and that's only a portion of it. I don't want to take up too much time. Mm-hmm. But this is the work that we've been doing, and it, it was a uh, anti gentrification, anti-colonial economic development program designed to bring power to the black community. So, uh, so yes, I still support that, and uh, absolutely, I still want to see it. And uh, part of, you know, my platform generates from that same uh, thrust. So uh, we got a robust platform, but some of the critical things that are on the platform is, as you said, number one, reparations to the black community, reparations in economic development. So we say that we have to have, the black community has to have a massive infusion of capital to the black community uh, as to offset the, uh, you know, decades and decades of exploitative uh, policies that we've been up against, which result in the north side, north black, north St. Louis looking like a, a war zone in some places, and then uh, vast wealth on the south side, which is predominantly white. We also say that, uh, number two, that we have to have community control of the LRA land bank. It is a, this is a land bank that uh, is in the city of St. Louis. Uh, and it, they, they hold, they own about 20,000, 25,000 or so properties. And uh, mm-hmm. if you've ever been in North St. Louis, you know that you'll see vacant and abandoned buildings littered everywhere, and it looks like a little war zone some places. And we say the black community has to have these properties turned back over to the community. We have to have a full investigation to see what the city of St. Louis did or did not do to keep people from losing their homes generation after generation so that you would have this huge, uh, uh, robust, uh, you know, bloated land bank um, and that the entity has to come under community control. So this is a very critical struggle that we're making. There's this NGA, a spy agency uh, that just, uh, began to break ground in St. Louis about a year ago. They acquired nearly 1,000 acres of land in North St. Louis so, uh, so that they can build a spy agency that will not hire black people and will be used to launch drone attacks on black and brown people all over the world. So our properties are being uh, slowly accumul- accumulated 
over generations into this land bank, and then they take these properties and turn it over, turn them over to white gentrifiers and parasitic developers and entities like the spy agency. So we say community control of the LRA, housing has to be returned to the black community. And then lastly, you know, I'll stop here. There, there are more. We, you can go to my website. Uh, number three, we say stop gentrification and create genuine economic development. So stop the large, greedy developers from acquiring vast amounts of land and tax breaks at our expense. You know, we want to do things like impose rent controls and create mixed housing opportunities for black people to be able to uh, own homes and then just create uh, an economy that is not built upon uh, parasitic uh, development that will push us out of our homes, but uh, to create an anti-gentrification uh, black economy that can contend with the uh, capitalist exploitative economy. You can go to votemysimba.org to see more of this platform, votemysimba.org, to see more of this platform. And, uh, yeah. You know, what you yeah, said, absolutely. though, you know, is it, it, one of the things that really strikes me, that it's not just that, these things are being these properties and this this land is being turned over to white gentrifiers and it's being turned over period out of black folks' hands. It's being turned over and used against us. You know, like these these are things. Just the fact that it's being taken from us is one thing. You know, it, it's a crime in in and of itself. But it's not just that. It's being used against us on top of it. Um, and that's something that we really, you know, that's our fight. Our fight is in really making sure that we are, we recognize our own interest in whatever is going on, you know, and, and mm-hmm. be able to see yeah. that and understand that this, none of this stuff is benefiting us. We're not getting jobs. We're not getting any of our solutions met, you know, and, in fact, it's making our situation that much worse. Um you know, it, it, we have more police involvement. We have more, you know, without any control over those police. We, you know, we have, um, like you were talking about the Spy Institute, we have these things that are actually going out against black and brown people the world throughout. Um, so we really have to, we have to look at, we have to be able to look at that and see our interests, and that's, one of the things that I'm really, you know, in reading your platform and understanding your platform is that you're, you know, you're really coming into this with that in mind. And it's not just surface, you know, it's not, it's not just the, the, the stuff that, you know, anybody can do. It's not just community gardens, you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. really is the stuff that goes deeper into what our issues economic development is those. really big for yeah. us. You know, that's yeah. that's part of the reason why we have these issues, the issues that we have with, you know, circular violence in in our communities. We don't have jobs. And yeah. you know, what we have now is people addressing that from a whole nother perspective, like like, you know, the surface stuff is the issue. It's not. That's a symptom of the the deeper stuff that we have to deal with. So um, I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, you got it. Go ahead. I have a, I have another question for Brother uh, Masimba, and and that is, is how is your reception in a uh, amongst the people in a community that is historically 
has a has apathy towards the whole political participate in the whole political process. How are you finding yourself being received amongst black folk? And secondly, what are, what are you doing? You and your team doing to um, inspire and incite uh, black people to begin to participate in their own political self determination? Yeah, I appreciate those questions. And speaking of my team, I would, would be remiss if I just didn't acknowledge all of the uh, volunteers that we have uh, who do mm-hmm. phone banking and outreach and follow-up, you know, thanking donors and making donations themselves. Um, you know, we have an incredible team. I have an incredible uh, campaign manager and wife, uh, Brandy or Nzei Masimba, who uh, really uh, is on the ground running this ship. And then we're part of a larger movement, the Uhuru movement, as we said. But, to uh, get to some of your other questions. Right on. Shout out to Chairman. Shout out to Chairman O'Malley Yesitelli. Ah, yeah, Chairman O'Malley Yesitelli. Absolutely. You know, to, to your guests, look them up if you haven't. And, Indeed. Uh, so, Indeed. I'm hoping most of our listeners are kind of hip to, to, to Brother Chairman. Whether, you know, and we deal a lot with that hip hop audience, so if nothing but their prayers, if they don't know them from nothing but the prayers, you know, but you should yeah. go check out the chairman. You know, if you're in this yeah. game, if you're in this movement and trying to shake something and you don't know chairman, I'm going to question your real involvement and partic- participation. If he isn't in right. your, your books of who's who's and philosophies and ideologies as far as revolutionaries here on this soil, man, your library right. is weak and, and your repertoire is, is, is weak. Just off the rim. Yeah. I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. And that, that could yeah. be a whole other subject. Yeah. So people should check out Indeed. that soundtrack through Dead Prayers Wolves. Uh, you know, he calls it, uh, Chairman calls it uh, licking the blade. But uh, when you look up Wolves and Chairman <laughs> O'Malley, yes, or, or Dead Prayers, you'll find that. But yeah, we've received uh, an outpouring of support, you know, and uh, we've been on the ground. Uh, just working the community, working the people, working, 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 winning the trust and confidence of the people. And it's not an easy process. I mean, people don't just come and say, you know, uh, we haven't seen economic development in a long time. You showed up and, uh, you know, you're solving all our problems. Well, thank you. You know, it doesn't happen exactly like that. But uh, the people who tend not to have, uh, you know, any kind of vested class political interests, you know, so in other words, they don't have these uh, very narrow personal and class interests that would have them in politics so that they can uh, mm-hmm. create a career for themselves. You know, most people can be one and uh, are being one daily. And, uh, and the evidence of that is uh, the uh, donations that we get from people, you know, five, ten, twenty, fifty dollars $50, the uh, support we get when we have to go to people to get petitions signed or have them go to a meeting if we need to go storm uh, City Hall to make some kind of a demand. So overall, mm-hmm. the uh, reception is uh, very solid, and uh, we see a real qualitative change on the precipice, mm-hmm. you know, here in uh, the community that we are organizing. But it is an ongoing process. It is a protracted struggle, you know, something that we have mm-hmm. to fight to mm-hmm. uh, every mm-hmm. day on the ground. And, uh, you know, it's just an incredible process. And, of course, we do have uh, the sector of uh, the white ruling class and, you know, in some cases white liberals and, you know, black middle class political forces 
who uh, don't mm-hmm. want change to happen, you know, and so right. we struggle against right. them politically every day. Absolutely. Well, so let's you talk find about, that, let's you find because, that having, having been, um, you know, a part, of the, a part of the community and the Black Power Blueprint, do you find that that makes the process easier, you know, um, with you winning the people over in this bid to become aldermen? It definitely does when people can see that uh, this politic that uh, they've been taught to kind of associate with uh, rhetoric in some cases, you know, and then I'll have to make distinctions between uh, stuff that sound, you know, stuff like reparations coming from us and uh, radical sounding stuff that may come from other people initially, but people see the evidence, you know, they see that we've, uh, you know, built this 9,000 square foot space that we built this outdoor market, that we have demolished two other buildings that uh, we are working to transform into retail space, that we are almost done with this fourplex building that we purchased, and we're nearly done renovating all four units, uh, which will serve as housing for people getting home from prison. So they see the evidence, and uh, that is absolutely, uh, uh, you know, something that works on our side every day. Absolutely. Right, right. Well, let's. I like to know uh, who you're running against. Can I stare some trouble? Can I? Can, am I allowed to do that, Makeda? Am I allowed to ask those questions? <laughs> you see, you're well, in. I mean, you know, can I we're here. We're here. We're gonna talk hey, about man, it. We 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 need to talk about it because again, you know, we need to understand the difference between where we're going and what we're coming from. Absolutely. And, you That's know, what I, don't know. I want to know why a vote for Masimba is a vote for the people. You know why? Why that? Then who are you running against? And I'd like to know uh, their color. And if they're black, why you? Because you know, let's talk basic general politics. Let's talk how people look. Okay, there's two black guys both running. Why this black guy over that black guy? Yeah, I appreciate that question very, very much because that is a real, uh, you know, shortcoming in. Uh, much of the politics that we've been taught, you know, and I see it here on the ground every day. So person I'm running against, at least uh, ostensibly running against, uh, his name is, uh, well, I'm running, he's black, you know, and uh, he has sometimes he can have a militant militant disposition, you know, and uh, so people, they have that that mentality, you know, that uh, we are black, we all the same, you know, we all used to go to Mm -hmm. Saints, skating the rink on Sunday, you know, we all mm. eat uh, uh, collard greens or whatever, you know, mm. so, you know, mm. we all the same, we all fighting for the same thing, but we are not all fighting for the same thing. Uh, certain mm. people, well, you know, they don't belong to us anymore. So my opponent does not belong to the black community. My, my opponent wants to privatize the airport. I mean, he, he, co-sponsored Ooh. legislation. I mean, he was really the sponsor of legislation to privatize the airport, to sell the St. Louis airport to a billionaire, a known, gentrifying, mm. uh, parasitic billionaire. Uh, he is working, uh, you know, he's come out in support of the, another uh, gentrifying developer, Paul McKee, who uh, acquired 64 properties you know, from this LRA land bank that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and he uh, just sat mm-hmm. on those properties uh, to let those properties rot. 
so that he can uh, discourage people from living in that neighborhood. He can drive people out of the neighborhood and eventually uh, buy up more property and turn North St. Louis white. My opponent uh, mm-hmm. co-sponsored legislation to uh, utilize eminent domain to take homes from about 100 families, uh, probably mm. that went to this uh, spy agency that I talked about earlier that acquired a total mm. of about 1,000 acres of land in North St. Louis uh, that they want to transform into a spy agency uh, under the uh, pretense that they will bring jobs to black people. This is uh, not an agency that if we wanted to uh, get jobs that would give us jobs. It is a, uh, mm. a secretive agency, as secretive as the Pentagon. Uh, this is mm. a drone-dropping agency. So uh, not only should we not unite with that uh, morally, but all, they will not give us jobs. They'll only give jobs to people who have high-tech degrees and experience and uh, top-notch security uh, clearance. So uh, he works for somebody else. He works for greedy developers, uh, those who want to push us out, uh, and a very small sector of uh, black politicians who make their living uh, buck dancing for uh, those greedy developers. So, yeah, we don't so we just say look militant. at it. I think the word militant. Well, Kusu, can you hear me? Wakusu. Yes, sir. Yes, Kusu. Yeah. Not a shocker. Okay, um, yeah, I, I've been here the entire time, just listening. I like what I'm hearing. Um, my question is this. Uh, what is being done to, one, to show the people, based on our history, that this organization, the Uhuru organization, is different than other organizations who have placed people in power and impoverished black communities under the auspices of bettering the black community or giving self-determination, and then at the end of it, it becomes an organization that runs it. And if you're not in line with the organization, we hold the resources off from you. Now, I can speak mm. from my own personal experience with Uhuru, which is a good one, but I don't want to put myself in that. I want that question mm. to be answered to those who do not know the Uhuru organization and, and from your voices, because, you know, in our, in our community, I'm 51. I've, I've watched a lot of pro-black groups start out with wonderful mm. intentions until they cross into that line. And then when that power comes, we've seen some make it through and we've seen some fall. So what is, what is the, the thing we could say to people to make them see that? Are we there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so what 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 is the what is the thing that could be said? I'm listening. I don't know. Is he is he still on the call? Yeah, he's still is on the call. Did he call? Did he drop him? No, he's oh okay. It may be another. Let's see. Seven seven eight five. No, it was eleven oh five. Yeah, I just opened up somebody's mic. I thought maybe it might be the brother okay. calling back in. Um, but we can go to the to the lines, and I'm sorry. Let's you know, go to the lines. If, if, if the line is open, listen, you're listening to Let's Talk About It. With, yeah, it's, it's called drop. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with us, 
Yanga, Shaka, and, and Makeda, Makeda, Shaka, and Yanga, and every way around it. Um, press one if you <laughs> want to conversate, and, and we'll jump in there. 7785, your mic's open. Okay, area code 773, last digit, 7785. I'll be heard, I'll be heard, I'll be heard. Hello? Yes. Yes. Hello? Hello, hello, how are you, um, Mahu, everybody? Um, I was really wanted to um, speak to... Um, Brother Chachara, um, and you know, ask him a couple of questions. Um, right now, I'm really um, digging what he's saying, and um, I'm really feeling it, and and it's inspiring because I have never, well, um, I've never heard a politician um, say anything like that. And I understand that Chachara is not a politician, so you know that's probably why he's saying things that you know I've never heard from a politician, but. My, my <laughs> question was um, more so geared towards um, his, one of his platform points. I don't think he really um, explained. He kind of, you know, um, mentioned it, but he didn't really explain it. And I just hope that he gets back on his phone call and, um, and is able to explain what does he mean um, when you say black community control of the police. And, um, you oh, know, um, um, Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to let the let uh, Yanga know that the the last digits five six eight nine. Oh, he's back. Oh, That's the brother, the, the, the uh, Alderman's back on, and I'm a, I'm gonna be so bold as to call him. <laughs> he's, he's back on. Right. He's, let's go ahead and claim that. So he can answer the question himself. It's perfect. I don't know if you heard the question, what? but um, just wanted to know what what was meant by um, black community control of the police and, you know, what, like, I'm hearing, you know, in St. Louis, there is a lot of black-on-black crime, and I just wanted to understand your position on black-on-black crime and um, and how how are you going to solve it? Okay. Oh, we did we lose him again? No, he's still on. Okay. I don't. He might need to unmute himself. I don't, I'm not sure. Is his mic open? He may. Yeah. Masimba, are you here, brother? His last digit is nine five seven one. Correct. Makeda. Yeah, no, this is this is line. Wait a minute, let's try this line. Uh, well, let's go to the phone line. No, until we're no, no, no. It's five six eight nine. Five six eight nine. Okay, I'm here. five I'm six here. eight nine. Mic's open. There you go. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm so Sorry happy to that. be back. You have switch phones, and then that confused you. Yeah, I appreciate that last question, and then I also want to come back to the question that uh, Brother Shaka asked. I thought that was a very legitimate question that we uh, I definitely want to address. So the question of uh, black community control of the police and uh, as one of our platform points, and then this whole question of black-on-black crime. And, uh, you know, we are that is a serious contradiction. Uh, in North St. Louis, like it is in most places where black people exist, because it's a consequence 
of uh, centuries of oppression and then economic starvation. So uh, we mm-hmm. see we have this uh, every day. You know, it is uh, broadcast on the nightly news that uh, some black person killed another black person, and we hear gunshots as well. So it's not something to minimize. Uh, but uh, what we are saying is that, you know, uh, you know how you corporations, uh, you know, how they can only respond to uh, the uh, the needs of the next quarter of that corporation, right? You know, so uh, their job, the job of corporations is to make profit. They want to do it uh, year after year, month after month, and they'll keep doing it at, even at the expense of uh, the corporation itself. They'll drive themselves out of business and give you the rope that you need to hang them with. And uh, that's how politicians uh, who feed off of our people are. They all they 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 give money and more money and more money and more money to police uh, to the extent that nearly 50% of the budget of the city of St. Louis uh, goes to the police. And uh, they do it because it's an easy way to get them reelected by the small constituency of people uh, who actually vote. And what we're saying is that we understand people's concerns uh, for violence and don't minimize them. But what we have to do is to begin to, uh, to curb, uh, you know, to, turn to, to, to curb, to bend that curve. We have to be able to invest in economic development because the fact is our children don't see a future and they don't see a future because the uh, community is starved. I mean, I went, uh, we were doing outreach the other day and I went down a street that as soon as you drive down the street, uh, people, you know, they walk up to your car and assume that you're going to, you got to make a drug deal. But when you look around, it was, uh, I mean, just uh, abandoned buildings and a vacant land as far as the eye can see. I mean, it looked like some kind of a prairie that had never been touched by uh, any kind of industrial development. But it had been at one time. The buildings just had been demolished, and the few buildings that did exist were just scattered, you know, throughout here and there. Uh, just run down sheds. That is the uh, the reality that we live with. So when we say 30% of the population lives off an average of $5 a day, you know, after uh, taxes and things of that nature, that is real. People do not have a way to feed themselves. And then you add on top of that that you have this whole drug economy created by the U.S. government uh, that it becomes the only economy that people have to survive. So our people are living uh, off of breadcrumbs and fighting each other over crumbs and are frustrated, don't see a future. Many of these crimes uh, or this violence uh, is a result of people fighting over uh, resources, but a lot of it is right. just frustration. You know, somebody cut you off in traffic and you live with this uh, this uh, this ever-present um, uh, frustration and anger and you don't know who to aim it at, you don't understand where it comes from, why it exists, what the source of the problem is, and so you take it out on the person closest to you. And what we're saying is that we have to reinvest in the people. We have to bring the pe- bring people uh, to a better grasp of their own interests, help them understand who the real enemy is. And then we have, we're saying to these politicians who uh, thrive and uh, continue to get elected, by simply feeding the people, uh, you know, based upon where they are in the moment and not taking the people anywhere, we're saying to you that you cannot continue to simply make war on the people. 
you know, to uh, call in the National Guard. So one of the, uh, you know, Herdosa Columbia Bentham, who you had on the program, her opponent called in the National Guard. You know, my opponent did something similar. Mm. Um, and we're saying that why can't you make war on the Paul McKees, who took 64 properties and sat on them for decades so that they can drive you out of your community and to make St. Louis white? Why can't you make war on those who gave 1,000 acres to this uh, entity, a thousand acres in North St. Louis to this entity who will not hire a single black. Well, they may hire one, right? But they will push us out of our communities. They will make property values go up until they drive us out of our communities. Why can't you make a war on those who would turn this, these properties over to them? Why can't you make war on Mayor Lyda Cruson, who has a comprehensive agenda to push black people out of North St. Louis and to lock up every one of us that won't leave? So we're saying that we will make war on the uh, root cause. We're not going to make war on the symptoms. We're not going to make the people uh, make war on the people. We're going to make war on the system, and we're going to do that by raising the political contradictions, heightening the political contradictions, helping people see those political contradictions, bringing them back into political life to begin to see their own interests and to be able to distinguish, uh, you know, those who represent the interests of the people from those who represent the interests of the political class. And then we're going to create economic programs that uh, help provide real benefits to the people and which not only just exist to provide benefits to the people, but give the people an ever-increasing capacity to struggle uh, to overturn or to negate the uh, parasitic economy that's responsible for the conditions in the first place. Okay. See. (laughs) <laughs> Look, see, he has some answers, um, <laughs> and that's that's you know that's that's deep and that's that's very um, important for us to understand where the problem, where the problem lies, what the solution is, and and who the enemy mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, so I, you know, for for nothing else, you know, just being able to say that we understand who you are by what the by what your mission is you know by by how you how you go about actually putting forth your um your platform to actually move in the favor of the people and you know back to that question though that um that the brother asked also uh shaka yeah uh, are you uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah did, did you, you want were, to were you able to hear the question all the way or yeah, I think I heard it all. It was about how people know that uh, this organization that proclaims to uh, fight for power for the people uh, will indeed use that power, and uh, it has a history of, of using that power to actually benefit the people and not just the organization. Is that okay. it? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. the question. Indeed so. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's a uh, a real question. And uh, and people should be suspicious of that. I mean, they must live in Mars or something. They're not suspicious of that kind of thing. And uh, it's a long right. discussion, but part of it is that you know uh, who a people is, are or an organization is by their philosophy and practice. So we uh, make uh-huh. it very clear philosophically that we are a party of the African working class. And what that means is that we're making a distinction uh, where we recognize on one hand that uh, all black people 
suffer from oppression. You know, we suffer from national oppression. So no matter where we exist, whether it's in St. Louis, Detroit, um, you name it, whether it's in the Congo, we uh, see similar conditions uh, faced by black people everywhere at the hands of a parasitic capitalist economy that has its origins in slavery and colonialism. So that's the reality. Right. But we also recognize that uh, there is a sector that has uh, that produces all the value in society um, and that does not have an interest in uh, selling out uh, our struggle to be free as a people, and that is the, the working class. That doesn't mean that every individual uh, is smart in the working class, but as a social force, they have the potential. So that's one aspect of it. But we also have a long history and practice of uh, creating economic development institutions. The money goes back that we raise, uh, and much of it is raised mm-hmm. through actual reparations. It goes back into our institutions and uh, back into our programs. So uh, we uh, have this, this ever-expanding uh, capacity to uh, begin to produce an economy for our people because we utilize the resources we have to continue our mission uh, to create the conditions for real social transformation. So we have furniture stores in uh, several cities. We have uh, uh, houses and uh, banquet halls in several cities. Uh, We have the Black Power Blueprint. All of that, uh, the money goes back into our programs, and you can see tangibly what we do with it. I mean, you can see it. We raise the money. We tell people what we're going to do with it, and we do that with it. And then... um, Lastly, we also have these committees. So the Black Power Blueprint has a steering, a local steering committee, where every day, which you know, the Black Power Blueprint is trying to win people to participate in that steering committee, uh, which makes decisions locally as to you know how we're going to go about carrying out the mission to create this independent black economy. See, like the reason I want to be clear to the listeners too, as an individual. I, in the 90s, I had personal relations with the oral movement, all which were good, by the way. And I, everything you're saying, I saw my own eyes. However, we have a responsibility when we take to these airwaves and we have people like yourself on our shows, on our platforms, and it is to stop allowing ourselves to get caught in the emotion of victory and start becoming analytical with the questions that lead to real victory. You know I mean, I, and I thank you for answering those questions in an intelligent and straightforward manner, not allowing, you know, no no emotion to get involved, because we do love you. We want you to win. You are going to win. But with that, we as a people have to start being firm in the questions we ask people who will say that they're going to expound for our liberties. And we cannot run the risk of popularity. We cannot run the risk of, you know, cultism or any other things like that, personal politics, whatever. If you say you're going to rep, we want to know how you're going to rep and in what way you've been repping. And all night long, brother, you have expounded upon it, you know, very eloquently and very on point. So, you know, we're behind you. I'm behind you. Do your thing. I just want to let black people know we got to hold our feet to the fire and don't be afraid. And if people are sincere, they're going to rise to the occasion. Wakusum. Thank you for being on the show, brother. Yeah, thank you very much. You got to tell me what Wakusum means? Oh, Wakusum means wake up, clean up, and stand up. Wake up to the greatness of our people, the greatness of our culture. Clean up all of the things that keeps us away from that greatness, that keeps us away from our African history and our, and our bright future. And then finally, stand up and never allow anyone to take that away from us again. That's why we say we're cool. Yeah. Okay, I recognize Malcolm yeah. in that. 
And, uh, that, so that is where it came from. Name, Malcolm is Granddaddy from. Malcolm. Yeah, Grandfather Malcolm mm-hmm. is the one that gave it to us. Yeah, very good, very good. I appreciate being here. I love this show. I'm gonna uh, watch. Well, I love being here. I appreciate being here, and I'm gonna watch the show more. Uh, I see uh, uh, Brother Shaka sometimes, and I uh, have listened to you, uh, uh, sh- you know, and at different times. And I just appreciate your analysis and uh, invite me to the show. I want to let everybody know that if they want to find out more about the campaign, they should go to our website at votemasimba.org, vote, M-A-S-I-M-B-A dot O-R-G. They can reach us at 314-669-4445, and they can uh, reach us on Facebook and uh, Instagram, uh, you know, at Tichara Masimba Ward 21 for both of those. I just want to say, brother, that you are welcome on this show anytime. I can speak for myself, and I'm quite sure the comrades feel the same. This is your home Absolutely. as well as our home. Absolutely. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Like and, and it'll be and, before yeah, the world. Yeah, and what we intend is to walk through this process with you. Not only, you know, are you taking right. us through the process right. of the importance, of running our own, but, you know, and you are one of our own, dear brother, but once you win it, you know, we want to know the the joys and the burdens of such a position and what it entails. We plan on walking right. through this process with you and learning uh, with you as and you learn. This is just such a great opportunity for all of us as a people, you know, especially someone willing to come back and share and, and come on this show because I know you don't heard about us. Everybody heard about Bebe's kids. So uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> you know, I did. I, I had another question, though. I, I did have another question, and and by no means were we sending you away, um, because uh, I we, wanted to, we, you know. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to have a to have an understanding of also, you know, you spoke earlier about uh, running conjunctively with um, the neighboring ward, um, Ward 3, and Columbia uh, Bentham. I'm trying to, you know, have some understanding behind, you know, what the, what the long-term goal or what the goal is for setting up your campaign the way you have, running conjunctively like that. Like, what's, what's, the, what's the political goal besides just taking up all the space like, how would that? How does that benefit um, the community? Yeah, I mean that's a big thing. It does allow us to have, uh, you know, really to consolidate uh, organizational efforts. And then uh, when we get into office, of course, now you have another uh, revolutionary uh, in city hall with you, fighting for the interests of the African working class. You know, so uh, that is a, is a, we city hall is a shark tank. Um, and we have, uh, you know, some allies down there, and uh, we want to build, find more, winning where we can. But uh, we definitely would like to uh, make sure we have as much representation on every front as we can. So the awards are actually contiguous with each other, you know. Uh, so that is right. a very good thing. And, and uh, right where the Black Power Blueprint uh, is doing most of the uh, economic development building, uh, you have two gangs. You have a gang on each side of 
uh, our activity, and many of them are begin, have and are beginning more and more to recognize, you know, literally and consciously recognize Black Power Blueprint territory as a neutral ground. You know, we had this one brother say recently that uh, if he had uh, grown up with that red, black, and green flag that flies 50 feet high now in that neighborhood, he wouldn't have to have picked up the, the other flag that he picked up and gangbanged with. So, you know, we're consolidating our base, uh, you know, and, and consolidating our efforts, building, concentrating our efforts in one spot, building outward from that, and then just creating as much as uh, as much representation and power as we can, you know. So we say two campaigns, two wards, but one movement. So we're building one movement. Absolutely. That's that's like a that's a powerful donate. If people want to be a part of that, we just really are calling on people to donate. I mean, we we, we would like material support. Uh, so votemysimba.org to donate. You can also go there and you can uh, volunteer. So if you live in St. Louis, you can do outreach. If you don't, you can still do phone banking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have any callers, uh, Yanga? Do we have any callers that might want to speak? Brother Yanga? Sorry. So, Yanga. Sorry, no callers. No (laughs) call, brother. Wait a minute. Yep, we do. Let's go to the lines real quick. Okay. 813-8341. Your mic's open. Okay. I wanted to appreciate uh, Conrad Tachar for what he's doing in this campaign. Also, shout out to uh, Columbia Benton, who is the candidate in War 3. Just want to encourage people to go to votecolumbia.org. Uh, Donate. No, no amount is too small. No amount is too big. So if you, you can go all the way up to $2,600. So. I really encourage people to to go to votecolumbie.org and votemassimba.org and donate to those campaigns so we can get two revolutionaries on the uh, board of aldermen in St. Louis. Oh, that's Mm. right. That's such Mm. a powerful move. It it really is. It really is. That is. That is. And and kudos to St. Louis for... uh, you know, really, I don't know if that's, damn, it speaks to two things to me. Either St. Louis is so jacked up that they're throwing revolutionaries on the ballot, or St. Louis is so progressive <laughs> that they're throwing revolutionaries on the ballot. So I don't know what the heck is going on in St. Louis either way. It's a good look. Well, you know, um, what's up? You know what? Uh, Columbia's, yeah. Columbia's, uh Slogan. Her campaign slogan is "Revolutionary Solutions for Revolutionary Times." Like we're in that place now, and we, mm. you know, we have to we have to be looking for something that's, you know, not politics as usual, not politics as usual. That's um, right. Well, my campaign one of the things that black is back. Black is back. Right. Yeah, one of the black things is I back. Add, what brother, is the significance uh, of brother. your? What is the significance of of that? Uh, Black is back, being your your campaign slogan, T'Challa. 
Yeah, it's black is back, and uh, the I guess uh, slogan is also tagline is uh, building a movement to revitalize the culture and economy of Black St. Louis. And uh, what we're saying is that the African working class is back on the scene and it has its own leadership, and uh, they, the African working yes. class can now participate fully in political life in its own interest. So what we're saying is that no longer uh, will people get away with blaming the people, you know, pretending that we are self-oppressed, that we chose to fill the prisons up, we chose high unemployment, we chose high rent, we chose high taxes, we chose police violence, we created the drug economy, we chose no health care, closing schools, a white nationalist curriculum. You know, people cannot be allowed to sell us this uh, anymore. And what we're saying is that we're bringing uh, the black community under the leadership of the uh, working class uh, back into political life. And we want to rebuild the culture and economy of St. Louis. It is a culture and economy that has a history of resistance and all kind of creative art and production. You know, so uh, we is, is the home of Angela Winbush and Red Fox, Josephine Baker, Miles Davis, Donnie Hathaway, Nelly and the St. Lunatics, and all these young rappers who I'm less familiar with. Uh, and it has a history of resistance. And we're saying that St. Louis has to become a hub for the revitalization of black culture, black life, black economy, and that we are going to forward the struggle to make sure that happens. We're going to build this uh, economy that is anti-gentrification and that we're going to uh, build an economy that's uh, based upon a bottom-up approach to economic development so that we can fund black businesses, black wealth, get clean streets, clean neighborhoods, decent schools, uh, and community control over every aspect of our lives. Yes, 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 what? and then yes. Look, I don't go to church, but I don't, you know, I almost scream. Uh, uh, almost went <laughs> right. One of the things right. you said in the beginning, we, and then I'm, and then, you know, How about that? Yes. Black is back. One of the things you said in the beginning, though, brother, uh, my Simba, was about some of the limited. I was asking asking you about the advantages and what people would say about us taking using politics as a vehicle. And you said it has its advantages and its limitations. One of the things I'm curious about are what are some of the limitations that you run across or that you foresee yourself running into? Um, how it's different from how you approach our whole advancement and freedom as Black people when you didn't have any of these so-called limitations and what are the limitations and can they be removed or are they just something that you're going to be handicapped by as long as you choose this arena? Yeah. Part of it, uh, I think goes back to, you know, that original statement that uh, I made about the nature of electoral politics being a non-contest, violent contest for power between contending sectors of the white ruling class for control over the state apparatus, and uh, it didn't just happen to evolve like that. It was, uh, that you know, that was the high expre- highest expression of uh, domination, you know, of uh, black and other colonized people. So um, that is what it, it, it is designed to do, and it is tied to the uh, ruling class, the developers, you know, the parasitic capitalists in a thousand different ways. You know, we see it literally. It's not an abstract thing. You see it on the ground. 
uh, as we attempt to work with forces, you know, to build this movement that, uh, you know, people are tied, servants tied in a thousand different ways to the interests of the capitalist class, and it inundates every aspect of electoral politics. And so uh, you you cannot get away from that. So you struggle for as much space in that arena as you can. You fight for every resource so that uh, the community can have actual benefits, but you also build the uh, outside of that system. You rely on the people for you as your as your base and not those within the system primarily. Mm-hmm. And then you build these uh, economic systems, these political structures, political organizations outside of the structure that can contend with space, uh, contend with the political structure for space. So we call it dual and contending power. You know, so everything that we do, uh, every every economic institution we build, uh, every movement that we work to build, it presupposes not that we can coexist with the uh, existing economy. It presupposes that we have to struggle with the existing economy and political structure for space because both cannot coexist. So black people can't be free. We can't have a, a healthy North St. Louis uh, as long as we have a parasitic economy uh, that is dominant. And lastly, I, I think I'll say is that what we do is uh, we work to create the conditions uh, for the kind of change we want to see. So we don't just expect it to happen. We don't just expect uh, to have the ability to go uh, sit at a desk at City Hall and write the perfect legislation. We expect that we have to organize every day. We have to put the correct political line out, express it in uh, the most precise way so that the people can see what we're struggling for, bring them into political life, and then create the conditions for uh, uh, any kind of qualitative changes that we want to see black people benefit from. Well. I heard that. Absolutely. Let's let's go to the the phone lines again. Let's keep the phone lines cracking. 314-0144. Your mic's hot. Hello? Hello? Yes, hello. Hello, can you ask? I think you were answering me. Um, I thought I heard something. Oh, okay. Um, three on four. These 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 St. Louis uh, numbers, Alderman. You can get us some good cell phone towers in the hood. <laughs> some, uh, yeah, they got plenty of them. They just not using as, look. That's right. As many little towers as they got around. Oh, shoot. What? Okay, they just used them on first forty-eight to being off of. We'll see when it's cell phone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's about it. Um, that's some Makeda Shaka. Listen, I'm gonna have to. Unfortunately for me, fam, and I, I, I'm gonna have to personally go. We're gonna radio show is gonna continue to go. I had un, un, un unfortunateness in my in my family, so I need to uh, handle it less. But I'm a, and I'm open. Let's before I go though, let's try this phone line again. I think they just tried to click back in. Three one four zero one four four. Let's try again. Mike's hot. Okay, maybe not. 
Okay. Yeah, we, but brother, we, we, I family, I'm on the road. Am I sick? Oh, go ahead. Okay, I want to say it has been a real pleasure and a privilege uh, for me. Like I said, man, this this is just the beginning of a long, what I hope to be a long and beneficial relationship between us. Um, and so, and so the masses of people can just get a glimpse of what it is for a brother, one of them, one of us, to get in a position to really want to take the reins, you know, take the bull by the nose ring. And to get in here and say, okay, this is a vehicle, an avenue we can use. I, for one, am a big – I listen, people tell you, I, I, I'm like one of the old school Fred Hamp cats that say politics is everything, everything is politics. I have no way being a staunch revolutionary. I don't know how we're going to – people I thought they were going to achieve that state. We were going to evolve into a state of being ready for some type of revolutionary action – or just being awakened to this great revolutionary consciousness without addressing the political oppression and suppression that we're under every day. So to see somebody take it on and be like, yeah, you know, we're going to be a cog in this machine. You know, like I said, I'm not a big, I'm not no big avid, avid proponent of voting or anything like this, but then before I go with my conclusion, like I tell them, I do it. I registered so they can call me for jury duty. So if you're listening, Georgia, and then where I'm at, I ain't going to tell where I'm at now because they won't call me. Call me for jury duty. Please call me. I, man, man, all day like OJ. All day like, they're going to be like, well, sir, he's on camera. All day like OJ. I don't see nothing. You know what I'm saying? As long as they do super crazy crime, I don't see it. That soda pop, I don't see that on camera. So anyway, yeah. listen, McKenna, I'm going to Turn over, shocking them. Um, man, right when I go, man, the, your phone lines are lighting up. Okay, let's try. Let's get this call before <laughs> before I go. Eight six eight six four seven two four four. Your mic's hot. Peace and power to the people. Peace and power. And not only power, I'm talking about black power. Uh, Indeed, right. power to our. The power to our African people And I think uh, when we're talking about the sense of politics Man Again I don't want you on my basketball team You understand Talking about We gonna win the doggone championships If you don't know the fundamentals of playing basketball Do you guys want that? Come on bro <laughs> right? Would you want that? So When we're talking about engaging in That's politics right. How dare us talk about Engaging in the broader level of politics we can't even engage in politics in our own home. We don't even know how to engage in politics in our own in our own lives. You understand? That's politics right. starts first with ourselves. It starts with our delegation. Us as us, us as, uh, as, as us us as parents, us as children. You understand? Working together in a unified mechanism. You understand? That should be the political uh, standard. If we don't have that in place, it's going to be. A situation now where our people are uh, observing politics from a place where it's similar to the to the to the uh, crooked pimp preacher, where you're going to take up the community's money just as the politician does and insist that hey you're going to do something for the community the whole time you're blowing smoke up the community's butt. You understand? And therefore, you fast forward. I remember we were. I remember going back to church and praying about stuff in the community thirty years ago. Fast forward in the same community, we still praying. The community has only gotten worse. 
So therein, I think the Creator has bestowed upon us a wonderful mechanism that we call mind to be able to evaluate where we are, able to evaluate nature. And see, just like the last brother said, with us understanding this system, one thing we should know is ever since the system was created, it has been against us as black folks. Even now, fast forward, they're talking about pushing these vaccines on, guess what? This shit ain't, it ain't, it ain't pretty for us as black folks. We should already know that because a lot of us are poor. A lot of us depend on the government to feed us. You understand? So now, and, and when we're looking at I was telling somebody today, guess who has the worst track record when it comes down to t- statistics that are going to lead us under um, as it relates to relationships with vaccination? And that's black boys. You understand? All these mental disorders and, you know, uh, these these various things that, that they, you know, studies have shown. So I, I say what we are. And what politics are today, even where our people have been, I'm not a Trump supporter, but neither am I a Biden supporter. So I think it's, you know, where, where our people were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, to hell with Trump. We don't like Trump, but, yeah, we're going to hug Biden. We're, 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 bro, do you not understand that Biden has been in politics for 47 years? He hadn't, he hadn't been there doing positive. Kamala Harris has been there, too. They weren't there right. pushing for 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 the agenda or for pushing for policies that were going to affect black folk, policies that were going to affect change. That's why we are here, regardless of how many times we've voted, regardless of how much we prayed, we're still here saying, well, hey, can we just can we just walk down the street and live? So obviously that tells us that hey, we need to go back to the drawing board and ask some of these questions so we can advance inside this uniform that we call politics and understand that the Politics is only a vehicle for policies. So you cannot stand for policies if you don't know who you who it is that is standing. That goes a lot to knowing who we are and having a sense of, of identity within ourselves. And that's where politics starts. This is why I think it's really important. It's really important to have... Um, Candidates that understand all of that, you know, everything that everything that you've said as far as understanding who you are and understanding the vehicle itself, you know, um, for what it is. I don't think anybody on this phone was hugging was hugging Biden at all, um, and we are we are really today and at this point when we're talking about this this political arena that we're entering into um, as revolutionaries. In St. Louis, um, you have somebody who actually understands all of that, you know, who gets that part, but who gets the very concrete, you know, we have to be able to make a difference in this political, you know, on a political platform for our people as much as we can, as far as we can use this thing, we need to be able to make that change. Because everybody's not going to get it. Everybody's not going to understand it. But everybody, right. even the people that don't understand it, have to have somebody standing in for them who actually do understand and who are actually moving in their, in their, um, in their favor. Um, so, Charles, could you, could you even speak to that, you know, the, the thing that the brother was talking about with, um, you know, people not knowing themselves and how that's, how that's reflected in what you're doing right now 
um, as far as you know, representing those people who don't who don't understand, who don't get it. Yeah, I agree with uh, so much of what was what the brother said, and you know, he I think we reiterated that all things are politics, and uh, right. you know, I think one critical thing to understand is that uh, you know yourself by social practice. You know what I mean? And uh, you have to measure yourself against something and someone, you know. So uh, the critical to even knowing yourself is uh, uh, actual social practice, you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's an abstract uh, idea that you hold in your own head about how grand or not that you are, you know, you are. So you measure yourself by social practice. You measure yourself by theory and the extent to which the theory can be proven in practice, and then you measure yourself by those around you, and uh, particularly uh, those who uh, would hold any kind of advanced revolutionary theory about the nature of struggle, you know, and the extent to which you're successful in creating the conditions for the realization of uh, freedom in our case. So I hope that wasn't too complicated, but, you know, yeah, I agree. I just think that we know ourselves primarily through actual practice. Right, that concrete, yeah. That's right, brother. And I, and I think that's the thing. Like, you, you get to learn more about yourself by engaging with, your, you know, people of your having culture, you know, seeing identity, you know, seeing images of yourself in a good, not 12 years of slave. And every time you turn around, you're seeing yourself as a thug. And, you know, that's not your, that's not our culture. No, those are not images that are going to help cultivate us. They help us destroy ourselves. So I think that is very important as it relates to politics, our imagery, how we see ourselves. A lot of our children now are seeing themselves as the biggest gangsters. Chicago is now known as Chirac. And that politics is very important for, for, the, for the Europeans. And that's why we, we must understand that when we're understanding politics, that he put these things in place for 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 a reason. So we're going to definitely have to. He's paying these artists to now teach our children that hey, if you want to get out the hood, just sell some dope. You understand? That is what that is the message that is now getting to our children. So I think you know shows like this, the other platforms that you guys engage in are very important to now lay the platform uh, for us to now show the children, create that culture where we are reminded constantly every day. And we're great. Hey, can I ask you guys a question though? Because I, you, you get, you guys, I want to ask you guys why I have you here, and we're talking about politics. I want to ask you all the importance of, uh, you know, Dr. John Henry Clark. He said that uh, all Abrahamic religions that we see. Um, they were created for political purposes. They were created for political reasons. Just like as we say in a lot of those black, bad black communities, you see a church on every corner. How much do we think this lack of identity that we've had, I know I had inside church, where you can't find yourself, you're praying to a Jesus or creator that looks like your oppressor, how much do we feel like us constantly holding this this institution up is basically uh, allowing us to fail in our full potential 
at gaining really what politics is supposed to offer us. Yeah, well, let me say first off, um, I'm a, I was a huge uh, just lover, you know, a student of John Henry Clark. Um, you know, I just thought he was sick. Yeah, it's hard to even explain. And part of my affinity for him, beside his clear political analysis, was the fact that he just reminded me of my grandfather. You know, when he right. lost his eyesight, and a grandfather that you know just he just reminded me of him as well. But uh, yeah, I, you know, the thing I say about that, you know, which comes from uh, as an African internationalist, is that uh, the extent to which we build black power, the people won't need a white Jesus. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that we have. That is a, a historical materialist perspective on that question is that uh, we have to give the people uh, a concrete expression of actual power over their own lives. And uh, they will find it much easier to discard uh, a white Jesus and uh, anything that might serve as a form of superstition. You know, when people can control their own lives, they'll need less uh, in the form of, uh, you know, beliefs handed to them by their oppressors. Mm. It it, it sounds pretty interesting. What you're saying is they have, uh, the European has created a level of politics that will enforce code even when the enforcer is not there, basically. You know, I I can remember that. You you better you better do what what Jesus say do, because he's watching. You understand the invisible whatever it is the whatever the code is in the Bible. I'm not in the church anymore, but I can remember adhering or willing to adhere to those rules because you felt like someone was watching behind you. You know, you were enforcing those policies because you felt like someone was gonna come and get on you if you, if you didn't. You know, so right. so from what you just said, right. yeah, right. That's, that's exactly it. And I feel like that has a lot to do with our potential to be able to see black power and to say, well, hey, I'm great. The creator put greatness within me. You understand? Creator put greatness not where, oh, I'm just a follower and I, I just have to eat crumbs off the ground. That's where our politics are. You understand? That's where our understanding as it relates to politics, we're just going to go with, you know, it's, you know, eating food off the ground is better than having no food at all. So we're just going to, you know, although my, my drumstick fell in the toilet, I'm still going to eat it. You know, no, no, Ooh, we need to go back to an organic approach that is going to be very healthy and, 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 and uh, long lasting for us. Right. And that's, that's what I feel, you know, that's, that's not what I feel. This is what I know um, we're looking at and. These candidates in St. Louis um, that are running for the 21st and 3rd Ward Alderman, uh, the alderperson seats, I'm sorry, because one, one of them is a woman. Um, but I, I know that this is what we're looking at, you know, what is going to be helpful and healthy and what is going to help provide us with that type of, you know, self-determined um, Infusion that that needs to be present for us to understand that we have to move in our own interest. We have to move in our own interest, and we have to, you know, be able to see that. So it it and it it goes beyond, you know, something that's just going on in St. Louis. You know, when it happens here, it can be seen everywhere. 
it can be seen and it can be duplicated everywhere. So I think that is really yeah. powerful. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, you know, just to elaborate a little bit uh, on this uh, question of religion, um, there, are, you know, there are two com- two aspects of any society or two components. You know, there's an uh, economic base and then there's a superstructure. And uh, the economic base of the social system that we live under today is uh, colonialist capitalism. Now, that is the base of the economy. So, in other words, the entire social system came into existence through slavery and colonialism. So, uh, the, that is the motivating force. That is a force that gives motion to every aspect of society. So, schools, religion, electoral politics, entertainment, you know, and labor law, all of that is a reflection of the uh, economic base, you know, where one people have uh, created an economy that allows them to live at the expense of another people. And so religion right. will reflect that that uh, economic base. And uh, we do what we can to modify people, to change people's ideas, you know, in, in other words, in a superstructure, to begin to change people's ideas, but we point them back toward transforming the economic base. You know, so the campaigns that we have on the ground in St. Louis are part of creating the conditions that can get to the root, change the economic base where you don't have a relationship with slave and slave master, uh, you know, uh, exploiter and exploited, boss and worker. So that's what uh, we've been creating. That's why we want to have black community control of the schools, black community hey. control of the police. That's not just individuals. That is creating a new kind of economy. Uh, where the people who produce are the people who receive the value for what they produce, and that produ- that that value is not turned over to an exploiting class that does not even work for a living. So, creating changing that economic base uh, primarily is the best work that you can do to transform the beliefs and the superstructure. Right. Absolutely. Right. right. I see. Um, has there ever been a time, Tacharwa, that you can that you can think of politically, where anything like this has, you know, any candidate has been rooted in such a way and accountable to the community in such a way as you know as what you and Columbia are doing right now? Well, I can definitely say the Ahuru Movement has run campaigns uh, before, significant campaigns. And uh, the one I can mo- I can point to and the most recent uh, ones, I should say, uh, were the two incredible campaigns uh, run under the Ahuru Movement by Akile, uh, Aretha Akile Kenyon was her, the name she ran under, mm-hmm. Akile uh, Nae. Uh, this incredible okay. 20-something-year-old African woman who uh, was just this powerful, incredible candidate that ran in St. Petersburg, Florida, for a council seat, uh, so their equivalent to a uh, all-the-person seat, uh, on a campaign of reparation. You know, this was uh, – it received national notoriety, and, uh, you know, it, it was a significant part of uh, why the Democratic Party – uh, began to pick up this whole reparations question and try to co-opt it and get in front of it because we were running this incredible reparations candidate. You know, we, of course, we have a long history of running 
uh, of us uh, struggling around the question of reparations. But we ran this reparations candidate uh, two years in a row. Also, Jesse Neville, a North American, a white person, uh, ran under the leadership of uh, Aretha Akile Cannon for governor. And then uh, another white person, Ann Hirsch, uh, ran the following year, I think, for another council seat. And we ran on reparations. Uh, we say that reparation, you say unity unity through reparation. So if there is to be any kind of genuine uh, relationship between black people and the uh, exploit, you know, oppressor white nation, then it has to be based upon them working under our leadership and providing material solidarity to our fight for self-determination. And uh, that's what happened in St. Petersburg under those two, uh, three incredible campaigns. So we've seen, you know, we've done it before and we got the con- the conditions here are different, and uh, we think they're even more opportune for us to take up even more space here in St. Louis than we were able to do in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we are on a mission. Wow, that's that's great. That's amazing too um, to be able to have, you know, to basically be able to have a blueprint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To be able to follow and duplicate, yeah. and you know. And, and spread it around. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about this campaign, uh, and to just see how it how it picks up momentum over time. Again, we are so happy to have you here. Um, and as Shaka said earlier, you know this is this is your home. This is your platform um, to come on and talk. I actually would like to have. You and Columbia come on at some point and um and actually talk about your campaigns in in that sense in that you know together kind of sense uh yeah. Yeah, how, that would be great how it's going as you go along, huh yeah, that would be great. We feed off each other <laughs> right you know <laughs> she's strong where I'm weak and I'm weak where she's strong. I think it would be a good show i i I do too. Um, I want you to be able to drop your information again too. You know, give me, give us your, your uh, donation information, your uh, website. Like, give us that information again for people who might be tuning in right now, so they'll know. I would, I would be happy to do that. My campaign manager made sure that she provided me with that information, so uh, people okay. can go to our website. <laughs> uh, votemysimba.org. My Simba is M A S I M B A. Uh, to find out more information about our platform, to donate, to uh, volunteer. You can schedule a uh, phone banking session or outreach session if you're local uh, right there on the website. You can call us at area code 314-669-4445. You can reach us on Facebook uh, or on Instagram with the uh, handle at Tatarumasimba War 21. And I just want to remind people that the primary – uh, is March 2nd, 2021, so that is the election day, and we need all of the support we can get because we really have to build a force. We have, we can't, right. I can't say this enough. You know, for people listening, don't take for granted um, our need for your participation. We have right. to have uh, soldiers who can uh, uh, legitimize the struggle that we are making by showing that you unite with it and it can help us push back against, uh, you know, this inertia 
that uh, keeps us uh, from advancing toward freedom, you know, and all the people who would sell us out, uh, all the people who exploit us, and they rely on us being isolated and uh, silent. Right. So we need people to jump on board with this and say, finally, if this is true, to say, finally, uh, I see in these candidates, in this candidate, someone who represents my interests, who will fight for black people, but we need your material, concrete support. Right, right. And that's, that's you know, monetary donations, uh, you know, in-kind donations, every every possible way, you know, put soldiers out there, you know, spreading the word and making it making it understood that we have finally, you know, come up on this place where we're being represented. We need to support it. We have to support it. We got to push it, not just, you know, be here, but just push. We have to really push it, you know. Uh, yes. Joining as far as volunteering, we need every, all hands on deck, every hand on deck. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, again, I just want to um, – Really thank you for coming on and really, you know, opening up your platform, understanding, you know, to to our understanding so that we understand what it is that we're getting behind and making it, you know, um, absolutely, you know, concrete and without any, anything hidden, you know, transparent, what the movement is about, what we're trying to accomplish in uh, bringing you into office and supporting your campaign, I wholeheartedly support you. I watch and, and post and, you know, everything that I can. Um, I know the brothers will, too. Both of them had to go, incidentally. Uh, they had to they had had issues. Shaka, actually, he, he's over the road. so He's doing the show from the road. That's, that's another kind of dedication. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. on that truck. It's it's something else. But um we have absolutely enjoyed your uh this this time with you and we hope to see you come back, have you come back soon. Um and like I said, wanna do the show with you and Columbae. Um and really just, you know, continue to push continue to push whatever, you know, however we can, you getting into office, Columbia getting into office, this two candidates, one movement, black is back, revolutionary times, revolutionary revolutionary solutions for revolutionary times. Like we really want this to be a part of our conversation and not just a conversation, something that is, you know, something that is made to come, you know, to, to be manifested for real because we're working yeah. toward it. And Makeda, you revealed your bias toward these campaigns, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to tell anybody. Yeah, well. Listen, <laughs> you, you put, listen, you put your I mouth. I can't help that. Your, I, can't, I mean, what? what? Your, your mouth is. You, yeah, the you, platform you, is you open. Talk, talk Look, the platform is open. I mean, you know, it's a yeah. radio show. We talk about it. You know. Very if, good. If anybody wants to talk about where they are. That, I was just going to tell the listeners that um, I was doing a uh, leading a phone banking session, and uh, one brother uh-huh. answered his phone uh, during the phone, you know, who was doing phone banking with us. He answered a call that he got, and it was you. 
uh, trying to organize him to do phone banking for uh, her daughter. I, I know exactly who that was. <laughs> yeah, so you're doing the work. You know, you was calling this brother, trying to organize him. So you put your money, uh, you know, you want to walk and talk talk. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I absolutely, you know, we, we comrades, so, you know, we stand by each other. But, you know, I, I think of you as a friend as well. And um, I appreciate your stance. I appreciate that, you know, you give it all for the African nation, period, you know. And this is a part of that giving it all, you know. So I'm with I'm with it 100%, 100 and whatever else. It goes beyond 100, you know, I'm with it. Um, and I, right. I also want to thank all of the listeners. Um, for, you know, chiming in, those that chimed in. Um, for those that just hung out with us this time, I want to thank you as well for coming coming in yet again and, you know, um, being a part of this whole conversation, the political conversation and understanding how we take part and what it is we expect from taking part in you know, this political process and utilizing the political apparatus. Um, and I hope to see you all next week. I hope you all come back next week so we can talk about it. You know, this is this is what it's for. You know, have your questions and, you know, press 1 to get in the queue if you want to get in the queue. Um, unfortunately, the brother had to, Yanga had to go. He's in control of the board. So I can't take any more outside questions, but I can't wait to hear from you next week when we talk about it. We don't know what this show is going to be about, but we know it's going to be good. Anyway, as we always do, I'd like to I'd like to leave you with Uhuru Wakusu. Wake up, clean up, stand up, and I'll see you all next week. Let's talk about it. Uhuru. Uhuru.